Transmissions from the Dark Side is a tongue-in-cheek look at anthology horror, covering adult themes and concepts in very childish ways. Parental guidance suggested. This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. A small town. Zombies. Revenge. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of 2019 Shudder-exclusive Creep Show and reporting it back to you. I am Matt Noss, joining me at the table, my best friend in the whole wide world, Willie, if it isn't Matt Rose. But unfortunately, Jen Hansen is not here today. Her little one is sick. You gotta take care of your babies. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. Jen will be joining us soon. Um... Also, I think we need to set an expectation that uh, for the holidays, we will be airing one or two best of episodes uh, because of holiday travel for the transmissions crew. So we hope that you have a wonderful holiday, but I think we're going to have one more episode and then um, probably two little best ofs, Um, which are just going to be whole cloth episodes. (laughs) That that we enjoy. So if there's one you'd like to hear again back in your rotation, let yeah, us know. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, what we do around these parts is we watch anthology horror. We have completed Tales from the Dark Side. We are two seasons deep into monsters, and we took a little sidetrack to watch a creep show 2019. So and sojourn. Every episode is different. And today's episode was it's called... It's no exception. It's no exception, <laughs> baby. There it is. I am sitting in Jen's seat. I, I, had to, I had to do it. I didn't do it with the sass she usually does it with, though. I feel so bad. You're doing I'm great. I'm sorry, Jen. I'm sorry. Today's episode is called Times <laughs> is Tough in Musky Holler. It is customary around these parts that we guess what this episode's about. Based on title alone, we call it the dark side guess. You know what? I'll go first. Oh, my. Musky Holler is the colonial Williamsburg of South Carolina, drawing thousands of tourists a month. But a set of bizarre symbols and the disappearance of the three largest, longest living families, children, it seems something wants revenge. That is eerie because (gasps) times is tough and Musky Holler. The Duvernay family had been part of Musky Holler since before the Revolutionary War. They had lived there, fought there, bled there, and died there. They were Musky Holler. So when the grandson of Patrice Levon, the, the matriarch of the Duvernays, was murdered by Clarence Horley, the crooked sheriff of Musky Holler, Patrice called forth the army of Duvernay to exact their vengeance on those who stole her grandson and the town for whom her family had given everything. Beautiful, beautiful dark side guesses. You and me, lockstep. Lockstep. Mine, I was like, how can I say I just want ghost slaves to kill white people? 
Yeah, yeah. The the Duvernays <laughs> had some voodoo. Okay, right. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunate. Neither of these guesses are correct. So on a Matt, very hit rare... us up with them sweet deets because oh. I forgot my notes at home. <laughs> Don't you worry, baby. Times is tough in Musky Holler. A whole town turns on the mayor and his cronies who have controlled the town for far too long. The episode aired October 24th, 2019. It is from episode 5, season 1, vignette 2. It stars one David David Arquette. Arquette. Uh, David Arquette plays Sheriff Deke. You may know David Arquette from Scream 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and eight legged freaks, and uh, was he in four? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Probably, probably. he was probably I mean, in all of them. He didn't have other things going on. Uh, it also star. It was written by John Skippa or John Skip. I can't read my writing. It was written by John Skip and Dory Miller. John Skip is famous for writing A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, Dream Child. Oh, but. It- I don't think that that one had our favorite line. Wanna get high? No, that's three, baby. That's <laughs> I know, three I know. warriors. I know. That's why I said I don't think it does. It seems like he's he's written some more anthology horror. He's written Tales of Halloween. That oh, sounds... no. Oh, I saw that. That was... That sounds like anthology horror, wasn't it? It... it... A movie that had like maybe some vignettes in it. It did, yeah. It had it had vignettes that were loosely connected. It was not the best. Dory Miller was in this as well. Uh, this is her first credit on IMDb. So welcome to Anthology Horror, Dory Miller, and it was directed by John Harrison. Who I don't know how much more we can say about John Harrison. First AD to George A. a. Romero, Romero uh, um, did music for Day of the Dead. Uh, did music for Creepshow, I think. Like directed he's... four vignettes. This is his. Yeah. Yeah. final vignette of the creep show series uh he did my favorite episode uh, my favorite vignette of the series so far house, house of the, of the head. head yeah and that was him uh he did the one that we did last week the opening uh the paw night of the paw yeah, night of the paw he did this one he did um you know why did i paint myself into that corner <laughs> to recall all the ones oh no. he did uh, the halloween one. Oh, oh right 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 yeah he did uh, and I think he did an amazing job again with this one. Uh, some other people starring in this episode, Lester M. Barclay was played by Dane Rhodes. Um, he plays a lot of sheriffs and a lot of heavies. It seems, uh, he was sh- Sheriff Harry in the Magnificent Seven remake. Oh, no way. Uh, he was the fairy captain in the, um, Deja Vu movie starring one... Denzel Washington? Correct. So oh, like, wow. That also had Paula Patton. Yeah, so he kind of has a lot of that. Uh, Leslie Ann Dodd was played by Karen Strassman. Uh, Don Pomade, the greatest character name on Earth, <laughs> was Tommy Kane. Lottie was Tracy Bonner. Pastor Ryan, Kermit Rollison, and Ezra. Oh, Kermit. Yeah, buddy. And Ezra is played by Connor Hammond. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> the blurst of times. It was the blurst <laughs> of times. The first vignette ends. We get a little... So, There's this episode is very unique from the previous four. Yes. There has been... Very few transitions. 
not much in terms of the advertising inside of the magazine yeah like there has been normally yeah this one this one the transition was or short and there is nothing written by the creep creep there's nothing to, to to really read with this. This just jumps right into uh, basically the splash for the episode, yeah. which I paused on and was dumbfounded by this wonderful picture of the creep wearing a bowler hat. Oh, riding and- riding an armless, legless corpse. <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. So very bizarre. Uh, and then it goes down the comic panel to show basically a jail, but that looks a lot more like a dungeon. Yeah. Um, and you have the word jailers being used. Yeah. Yeah. Now, come on now. Come to your senses, jailers. This is Lester M. Barkley. And as soon as, as soon as I heard him use his full, full name, full name, I was like. A, this guy's probably a wheeler dealer. B, I don't like him. C, undoubtedly the heavy for this episode. Yeah. This is um very much uh, best little horror house in Texas. Ooh, I like to do a little sidestep. <laughs> uh, you know, he is the boss hog of this town. So, yeah, I... By the way, who the fuck keeps electing Boss Hog? I Hazard I, County, get your shit together. Yeah, but you know what? Boss Hog keeps uh, keeps a chicken in every pot, man. Might be true. Boss Hog, because that's screaming that's, into the abyss. Yeah, screaming into the abyss, and we can see that there is a preacher, uh, and then the preacher is is kind of uh, consoling a woman. And, uh, and then we see next to David Arquette that he is the sheriff of some sort. Yeah, uh, there's there's the sheriff, and, and the then town, there's Flo, the town floozy. Well, so she's the hairdresser. Well, you know, Flo, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but so she's smoking, and uh, I mean that's basically her role. That's in her, this that is her is character. Smoke, yes. Well, human <laughs> chimney, I think, is what her, her character. She also does written. something in this episode that's like. What? <laughs> because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But we do, because uh, we've watched it. <laughs> I've. Uh... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this that is, is some... very true. I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is some fucking Walking Dead shit. Yeah. We are in yeah. the prison, or we're in the governor's place. I'm like, yeah. I know that this is a zombie episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. right now absolutely. I can tell you emphatically that this is, this a, is zombie. a zombie episode and we are right eventually the screaming is met with our heroine basically mm-hmm. um her name is lottie and she and a collection of people walk from the i don't know the, the darkness yeah uh, of of a, of a corridor magic missile at the darkness, darkness. <laughs> and there's Lottie. And uh, she walks with, I don't know, maybe five or six people. Uh, most of them have guns. One of them, I think, just has a really heavy wrench. Right. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you hit someone with that wrench. He's it's, fucked. It's curtains. You're, you're done. So 
she walks up and there's there's dialogue between the two of them. You can tell that they do have history. They absolutely know each other. And it's truly coming down to, hey, my man, you ran this town like shit. You yeah, almost you killed all it, of us. You ran it with an iron fist. You got, yeah, you 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 are the cause of your own demise. Lester, you hired these goons, David Arquette being one of them. Mm -hmm. You killed the regular sheriff. You've raped. You, you killed the, um, you, you killed the, the actual mayor. Like, yep. You, yeah. You've raped women. You've, you've killed, killed. You've, you've done every bad thing that's imaginable. Yeah. You're, you're just a real sort of all piece in, of shit. <laughs> all in the guise of keeping us safe. Yeah. And we know how to keep our safe, ourselves safe now. And we don't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. So you are out of here. And uh, with that, I think that's time for an act break. We'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after, after this. Buenos nachos. Corey, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. Are you fluent? No. I feel fine. Gordy and Sean had dead-end jobs. People always said I was a dreamer, an idiot, and a waste of life, and I will never amount to anything. Hit me, baby, one more time. No luck with the ladies. Brittany, let's go out again. We'll talk about me and you. Dude, you're in there. And no one to look up to. Freeze! Your sister shot her first perp today. That's nice, Gabby. But at least they had a hero. Jimmy King is the greatest wrestler of all time. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake! Down goes Jimmy King! Oh my God, a four-post massacre! No one can survive this! This isn't even a pay-per-view! Now, these dreamers... Me and my associate, we're on a quest to find King. It's him! King King! ...will go to any lengths... Please cry out! Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, oh, that was great! ...and do whatever it takes... We got a friend. He's gonna get you a trainer. Everybody knows wrestling's fake. ...to put their king... Do I feel fine? ...back on his throne. Any match, any time! The steel cage. Steel cage wins! I'm so glad David Arquette gets murdered in this episode. <laughs> oh, uh, welcome Whoa. back. Oh, God. What a God. Okay, so spoiler alert if you haven't watched the episode and you got this far. This episode is way fair. <laughs> it is way fair. It is. There is no story here. We are easily. This is an through. idea that someone had. 
And that is it. <laughs> it stopped there. It was not fleshed out. It was. It could literally say two sentences and get us to the next commercial yes, break. Which for is, real. Which is. So they walk him into some chairs. Yeah. They tie him in there. <laughs> we'll be back with more. Like, seriously. Seriously. So uh, the the people show up. They open the doors. Um, Was, was this where they told him that? This was for the first time in his life he was going last. Yes. Yeah. So they they have their guns drawn and their their wrench pulled back. Yes. And uh, Lottie Lottie's team is going to start taking everybody. And then you realize, like, if you haven't, if you're very dense and haven't realized, like, these everybody in this jail cell is going to die. Um, my, the the town hairdresser pees her pants. Yes. To let you know, like, she knows what's she going means, to happen. She means business. <laughs> she means number one in her pants. <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 what was her name? Lottie? Yes. Uh, Lottie even says, like, you all were responsible for so many deaths in the town. Uh, I, I forget They kind exactly. of give it a rundown. They're, they're just like, you did this. And yeah, you did. Uh, so... Uh, Flo, you spread gossip that led to so many deaths. Uh, Zeke, you, or Deke, whatever, like it matters. David Arquette, you killed so many of our people. And you raped my sister. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The the one guy was like, you raped my sister, you killed my father. Uh, the preacher, you said that uh, all these things were the will of God. You know, the, just they just run down the list. Uh, they escort them all to the chair's... Uh, with chains leading up to the So I wrote ceiling. down, they they walked them to the Hellraiser set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty I, much. I really don't know what else to call it. It's just like, it's chains galore. Yeah, chains. But like they they show them strapping people into these chairs, and you don't really get a good view of the chairs until they pull back. I was expecting like... I thought it was a bunch of electric chairs. Yes, I was just going to say, I was expecting the chairs that they stripped, um, you know, Michael Clark Duncan to in the in Green, the green mile. mile. And these instead were like glorified waiting room chairs at a, yeah, at a yeah. barber shop. Like, yeah, exactly. They're basically in dining room chairs. Yeah, like I'm not sure that these things would really whatever chair they could find. Yeah, yeah. They they basically were like, "Here you go." Yeah. So they're they're strapping everybody in. Uh, we do get to you get to see some flashbacks. They do some very interesting things with yeah. the comic motif. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Was was that uh, if you stopped. Cutting me off. <laughs> hey, Matt, I'm sorry. Okay. And also, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> um, so I thought it was cool that they they started to do some of the split panel stuff. But in the one instance when she is talking to, um, to Boss Hog, she is talking about what he did. And you can see when she sits him down that he is in the one panel and the previous mayor gets sat down by he, by Boss Hog and his yes. goons Very in the other. Very cool split screen. Yeah, and I thought that that was a really cool touch. And they do that a couple times throughout. And, and they really just kind of lay down what happened. 
Well, right. they have a couple. They have a couple haunted ex- exposition dumps, right? Um, but in this instance, we start to find out what some of the people like. It goes more into depth into what some of the people did. We see that flow. Um, what like was gossiping, and we see like she's whispering in the one ear, and the other person like cocks the ear to listen. Uh, in her hair salon, it goes then to uh, to Boss Hog you know, doing whatever he does. Uh, and when they're strapping Deke in, is when the guy uh, is is yelling at him that you know you raped my sister. You killed my dad, the actual sheriff of this town, and it shows him. And David like, Arquette is like, "Just shoot me, just shoot me." Yeah, just just do it. Just you can shoot me. I, I, I won't even fight because everybody in the room knows what's about to happen. Well, and I mean, let's face it, everybody probably was peeing at that point. Right. The floor was very wet, and I didn't see any like sprinkler system in there. So, yeah, pee, pee city, USA. Yeah, it, it is very much like okay. Everybody in those chairs is going to die. Yes. We don't know how yet, but, yeah, they're going to die. Then uh, they start wheeling them up. Well, wait, is that... Is that... Jesus Christ. Is that... they? Wow. They yeah. just... Yeah, they start cranking them up, and... Uh, That's an act break. That is the next... I, we were not kidding when we said... Wafer thin. thin. <laughs> we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Gentlemen, I'd just like to say three words. Scary German guy. Who else are we going to get to translate this thing? Come on, somebody go up and knock. He knock, you're our leader. Firstly, he's scary, okay? And B, he's German. Maybe he doesn't even speak English. Okay, so what's German for? Please don't murder us. Bitte, morden Sie uns nicht. Boys, time is almost up. It's your last chance for pie. Thanks. Here we go. No thanks. It's your last chance for pie. It's wild watching Monster Squad. It has been a long time since I've seen it. The last time I saw it was with you, Matt. Yes, at my party where we watched it. Yeah, and it's a wonderful movie. I love the movie. I know that some people for instance Jay Ren thinks that the movie has not held up and I say poppycock because I watch it at least once a year and it's like watch it for what it is I think it's perfect a, for what it is a 1987 time capsule <laughs> yeah I don't think it's timeless I mean I think it's very dated I mean oh there's homophobia galore in that movie but the thing is Horace's outfit is still relevant now. Oh, it's back. I, it's back, oh, baby. Man, that outfit. You're right. That is timeless. That is that is out of time. That is the outfit out of time. The H.P. Lovecraft story. Like that is <laughs> outfit out of time. <laughs> <Cthulhu shows up. laughs> In a Hawaiian <It> shirt. 
fucking LA gear sneakers <laughs> on every tentacle. <laughs> oh, is that Cthulhu on a surfboard? Whoa, cool it, Cthulhu. <laughs> this cosmic horror's not getting me down. <laughs> man, that octopus faced man. <laughs> and we're, we're back. You know what? Um, you know what's weird? There's a lot of things that are weird. When Lottie, apropos of nothing, looks up at the ceiling and says, "I love country pie," (laughs) and you're like, "What the fuck?" I mean, I do too, but I'm not sure what that has to do with you guys hoisting the guys. Okay, well, their heads appear above ground. In what looks like a triangle. I was like, is it a bowling thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which in itself would have been like a a good thing for K&B to be able to pull off. Like, oh, there's exploding heads in a bowling ball. Because I thought what it was going to be was going to be like, we killed zombies this way. Mm -hmm. Oh, so yeah, that's... That's an interesting thing. I hadn't even thought about well, that. Well, because I was I was really struck by how similar this is to the governor from The Walking Dead. Yeah, very very much so. Cuz in the the governor would put the zombies kind of against each other or people or people against the zombies yeah, he would, in more he hand-to-hand put, combat. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, well, maybe this is a way that they could torture zombies. Mhm. Yeah. But it is not. It is not. Instead, uh, there's just a bunch of cameras pointed at the heads that have popped up. And I don't know if you noticed, but there was, like, piping around the holes. So it looked like they were on a... Tin. Tin, yeah. Yes. Um, And there is a... There's an announcer. So the announcer starts laying it in, like... Hey, these are bad people. Yeah, and you then, know who they are. You know what they did. You know them, you hate them. Yeah. Let's see them get eaten up. Well, and then there's more exposition dumps. So there's a huge ex- exposition dump that happens here where we go back to the comic, and now Lottie is doing the narration of what happened. Yes. She's like, believe it or not, the dead came back to life. And we freaked out, and then Lester comes in, and Barclay... The M stands for magic. Um, <laughs> he came in and he stopped the town council from calling in the National Guard and said that he was going to run this town the way it should be run. Then you find out that he put anybody that disagreed with him, that that posed a challenge to him, under the football field of the local high school and did away with them in Mad Maxian ways with the with the dead. So this is all coming around to just desserts, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. And just desserts it is. The voiceover finishes. The monologue basically finishes from the sports announcer. And he goes... It's now time for pie. And we see from the side a bunch of doors open. Well, uh, like cages. What, yeah, cages open, like the, the wire doors open. We don't see anything come out. We just see a little a little shaking. Uh, and then it cuts back to all the heads. And they are not, not happy. Having... No, no, they're not happy about this. Um, what I liked was that 
through all of this, <laughs> through all of this, they had time to make graphics. Yes. On the jumbotron. <laughs> yes, they did. So that we saw like all we, we, we saw the triangle, and then we saw like the the little icons uh, or the you know the little images of each person. And as the things in the cages made their way towards the heads, as someone got bit, it would X out. And the uh, the yes. Yeah, no, I'm completely in agreement with you. So the first line of people gets taken out. Yes, the I think it was the preacher and the preacher's family. Yep. Uh, and as it starts going through all the people, it cuts away and you just see some shapes, some silhouettes. Yep. Uh, and then just blood yeah, you, and gore flying everywhere. You don't really see any attacks per se, especially at the beginning. You more see the X's come on the scoreboard. Yes. Yeah. You, and I, you, I was you hear like, screams and you, you just see blood a flying. Right. Because then eventually you get like the Lester point of view on it mm-hmm. where he can see the chaos that's, that's yes. happening. And he knows it's coming for him. Yeah. So the first line gets killed. The second line gets killed. And now it's the last three. So now it's it's the flow. It is Deke. And it is Lester. And now all of a sudden, I guess they had the zombies of the people that they wronged most. Yeah. So they had the person that had in the, in the original uh, flashback for flow. When we saw the person who had overheard the gossip. There was uh, a person in the chair yes. in front of them. And, and so they do like a, like a, 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 a I don't want to say weird, but they, they do this cut back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, where you see the face of the original person and, and then you, you see, see the, their zombie, the, face. The zombie face. Uh, and then they latch on and then blood flies everywhere. You cut now to Deke. And it is the, the original sheriff. It is the original sheriff. That kid's dad uh, grabs on, blood flies everywhere, and now it is the original mayor. Going to Lester. Goes to Lester, bites his face off, and then... And then yeah. the, the, announce, the announcer says, it's pie. pie! Yeah, we have pie or whatever. And uh, faithful listener, that is it. That is the episode. We were not kidding when we said wafer thin. We were not kidding when we said a half an hour episode. That is, that's the whole thing. Yeah, even even if Jen Hansen was here, this would still be a thirty five minute episode. So let's go to the writers' room. Is there anything that you would change in this episode? This, as you know, as I said earlier, this is the nugget of a story. This is not a story itself. And, I mean, seriously, Matt, this is the pitch they gave. This is not the final product. That's where I'm kind of confused is, like, the death row story has been told a lot. A million times. It doesn't matter that everybody dies. No. What matters is that you feel connected to their death in a way that either makes you feel terrible for them or... Good riddance to bad it's, rubbish for yes, them. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, this is essentially the revenge fantasy. 
but they didn't take me on the fucking ride. That's because they provided no back. Like the the backstory was told in ten second, twenty second flashbacks. No, you have to have uh, maybe not equal flashback, but this episode was short. the uh, The night of the paw was, I think, twenty seven or twenty eight minutes, and yeah. the total episode was forty four. And that is including credits in the end. This last episode was like sub 20 minutes. Yeah. And it shows. I mean, it's just. It definitely does. This was. And I don't necessarily have a problem with a short. I don't have a problem with a 17 minute. Neither do I. But the thing with. And I think it's. We've talked about this on the show a lot is. The shorter you get, the more concise your writing has to be well, in order the, for it to work well. Yes. This works, but it doesn't work well. Like no, it, it, it it gets what it's trying to get across, but it's like... Yeah, but this felt... Uh, route is a... A rote is like an understatement. Like, it doesn't... It, you were correct what you said. This is like the kernel of an idea. Yeah, this. I mean, I. So I was reading this this article uh, the other day that talked about this scam that that happened in Hollywood, where this guy who was just like, you know, the the marketing director of a small company that made the sports banners that like you would see on I don't know a site where it would be like I don't know. I, I didn't read the article that closely. I was at work, but <laughs> so this so, guy made banner ads. Yeah, yeah. The, the the guy, his brother wrote a script that he thought was the best movie ever. So he wanted to get into the movie business, and so he was trying to shop this this script around. And he was talking to this this guy, this Korean man who happened to be a part of an investment company. And this company occasionally invested in movies. And so this guy misrepresented so much this script where the idea itself was that it was um, a bunch of American folk icons, Paul Bunyan, uh, John Henry, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that you know, came together in some kind of superhero Justice League Avengers type situation. Uh, He said that he had Netflix interested in the script. So the guy's like, okay, well, you get me, you get me some of this information and we'll talk and I'll see what I can do about getting you some money. This guy forged so much shit he forged entire email chains with actual people's names and email addresses from netflix uh he forged like uh, faxes and stuff he ended up getting over 16 million dollars from two investment companies, one a Korean investment company, one a Chinese investment company, um, and ended up using that money to buy 
he and his wife and their kids a five million dollar home in Malibu. Uh, just it was bonkers how he led these people on for over a year. Like I think it was a couple years, and finally they were like, "All right, something smells rotten here." So they started like he eventually said that he had Steven Spielberg and Amblin Entertainment interested in producing it with Bradley Cooper um, starring. And once he he kept like saying, oh, well, this deal fell through, but this one came up. So let's focus on this. And then he would send them like the email chains and like faxes and paperwork that were all forged. And finally they called his bluff uh, and they talked to the FBI and the FBI came after him. He had this one producer that is like a producer on uh, Michael Bay movies. And they had him sign on um, just to use his name, which apparently is a thing that happens where smaller movies will pay to have a producer's name, like a big producer's name in the production title stuff so that they can get more investment from like distribution houses and stuff. Cause they see, Oh, you know, Joel Silver's involved. Well, then we will release your movie or it'll at least get people interested in, you know, like not the room. Right. Holy shit. Uh, so just to have his name on was $1.2 million. So the FBI comes talking to this guy and they're like, hey, you're involved in this and this is this is fishy. He ended up giving up a million dollars on that and was just like, I'll just take two hundred thousand dollars. You guys can have the rest of the money. The guy ended up selling the house uh, or I'm sorry, he didn't end up selling the house. The FBI ended up selling the house or I should say the IRS probably. But it was this whole big thing. And it was all based on the script the brother wrote, which to me sounded like a kernel of an idea. I don't know. Like, there hasn't been, like, an American folklore movie. Like, you know, Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed. I love it. That's basically it. Yeah. I would love to get a hold of this script. And oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you could do to flesh this out more? Provide much more backstory. I I think that the idea itself is interesting that someone saw their chance to be the big shot and you're right. Who the fuck is Lottie? Yeah, I would like to know who Lottie is. I think she was one of the town council members. But it's just like you you have no scope. No, none whatsoever. You you don't know who Lottie is. You eventually find out who some of the people with the guns are behind her, but but like when you when you watch Kill Bill, which yes. is you know kind of the ultimate revenge, revenge fantasy, yes. you get to see everything that was taken away from her. Yes, the only person that you have any semblance of connection to with that part is the, the son kid. of the of the sheriff. Yeah, but there it needed to boil down to one person, mm-hmm. and. They didn't do that. No, they didn't. They, Instead, it, they spread it out, and it just became weaker. It was just like, the town's against you now. 
And it's yeah. just like, well, I didn't know anybody in the fucking town anyway. Like, yeah, and I mean, the town can still be against them, but you still need. You needed the figurehead. You needed somebody who and, was and wronged. Lottie was the. She was the person leading them to the gallows, but we don't know who she is. I mean, I don't want to say who's, that she's Deus Ex Machina because she's not. But but who's Lottie? Yeah, what was she prior to this all going south? Yeah, and we, we don't find any of that out. What I want is clarification. What I want is backstory. What I want is her story. I want one person's story of how they got him. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, how did well, you yeah, get revenge? How did how did they get them? I mean, there's there's so many things left unanswered. This. So here's here's. I think one of my biggest problems just as like a horror angle from this, this is all leading up to what should be a really good gore scene. And we do not get it. No, we get a bunch of animatronic or poorly puppeted zombies. And then um, blood, Flying in the background. I think the Arquette kill and the in the chief or the um, Lester kill are good. They're okay. I mean, but, we don't we don't really get a whole lot from the Arquette kill, and all we really see is a zombie go in to bite, and then the head pull away, and the face is off the dude, and that's that's yeah. it. Like, the, well, maybe I just like the makeup. I think yeah. the the I'm a makeup snob, man. And I was not uh, K and B. I know what you're capable of. I watch Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, and I know you guys can pull off better. The budget is not the same for this and those shows, and I get that. And a lot of the good effects people were probably working on other stuff, but I just felt that this you was substandard gore. I'll give you. How many pies? How many human pies would you give it? I would give this a four. I'm back at four as well. I think it's just average. It is not. It there were glimmers of hope in the episode that never totally. Paid off. They were very close. They could have turned it around, and they. Did not. It's like when you. It's like when you're making uh, dinner and you're kind of winging it. And if you would have just like added one thing later instead of earlier, and it didn't turn into a mushy, gooey mess. Yep. Like it could have turned into like you know a great dinner, and instead it was just soup. Right. Right. It's just like oh fuck, we yeah we ruined I, it. Yeah, I, I ruined it, but I got to eat it now. Uh, that's the episode. Yeah, I uh, have to ask you, Matt. How was your trips? Oh, my trips were great. I um, I will be talking about them on matters. So. You certainly will. Uh, you can get in contact with the show at TFTDS Pod on Twitter, T from the Dark Side on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we are grateful to have you with us. We hope that your holidays are going well and spooktacular spooktacular Maddie am I forgetting anything oh try to it's been a while Matt try to enjoy the daylight try to enjoy the daylight bye 
Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hanson, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Belly Ink Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side and on Twitter at TFTBS Pod. Email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.